Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. I'm your host on today's podcast. My name is Rebecca Telford, and this morning I'm going to be introducing you to um, a very special friend, Elisabetta Tiscari. Elisabetta is um, a worship leader. She's a mother. She's an amazing friend. And one thing I have to say about Elisabetta, which you'll hear the whole way through this conversation, I'm sure, is that she is full of faith. We have a joke that Ellie, if she prays for something, it's going to happen because she's full of faith. Um, So she's the founder of this podcast. And of course, it's named Faith Uncensored. So I'm really excited to talk to Ellie about um, just her life story, her journey with God, and what God's doing through her in this season. So welcome, Ellie. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, How did you get started in your faith? Uh, Well, uh, starting my faith, I was actually born in a Christian family, evangelical. We were in in Italy and... um, and I've known the Lord since I was a child. So, but I, I, though, you know, I don't remember exactly the passage from being not born again and be born again. I remember the day that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Awesome. And I just remember just a little thing, you know, and I must have been like four or five. And uh, we were on the bunk bed, my brother and I, and we were asking mom, what are you saying? You know, questions about speaking mm-hmm. in tongues. And um, and uh, so she explained us. You know, I don't know what she said. I don't remember the explanation, but I just remember that she prayed for us and we immediately spoke in tongues. Wow. Yes. That's yes. awesome. That's amazing. So that's yes. been, I don't want to age you, but what, 30 years of walking with God? Maybe 25? 20. <laughs> 15. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm 42. So yeah, yeah. it's been uh, yeah, more that's than 30. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. So um, what are some of the major things in your life when you were growing up that kind of led to uh, where you are now? Mm. Well, um, major things. Uh, when I was a teenager, and um, no, well, let's say that when I was in fifth, from fifth grade to um, the end of middle school, we were in this very uh, spirit-filled church with a lot of music, a lot of worship, a lot of, a lot of other young people. And that was, you know, though I had received Jesus when I was a child, I, I entered in another level of my faith and an- another level of knowing God mm-hmm. in those years when I was... Uh, pre-adolescent and adolescent and uh, it was through good friendship through good um a lot of worship as you know i like worship and i really uh, committed to the lord forever mm-hmm. you know my heart were, was captured yeah. <laughs> by jesus and those that were very important years then of course after i committed myself to the lord like that i went rogue <laughs> <laughs> and the, the years of high school really i didn't go to church much i didn't um i was not interested i thought church was really boring mm. And I promise you, I, it was boring. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't just my feeling. Mm-hmm. It was boring. There was nothing happening interesting. And we changed church. We moved to another location. So we had to change church. And there was not worship. There was no life. There was mm-hmm. nothing. So it was really boring and not full. And um, and I um, I started, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, again, when I was in my twenties, I I got out of um, I moved out of my house because there was so much tension in my family. Mm. Uh, a little bit due to some um, issues with my brother, my father. So I moved out, and uh, in, though it was an act of rebellion, it was the best year of my life with Jesus. Wow. Because I, I was thinking, 
this his call is a, 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 I can't resist his call. Mm -hmm. I can't resist it. And I felt him. He was calling me. And I didn't hear my name or it was not a Samuel experience. Right. But I felt he was calling me. Um, and I felt compelled to seek him, to pray. And even I went back to the boring church because I just love him, loved him so much. And mm -hmm. I, he was calling me. And, um, and I had a boyfriend that was not a Christian, so I broke up with him. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I knew that it wasn't the right person for me, though. I loved him, but I said, uh, you know, it was the, it, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I know, I know Jesus was calling me. Yeah. And so my 20s, early 20s, and then I, I met this family. In, I'm, we, I went for a month and a half in a retreat because I wanted to seek the Lord. And I met the family, um, the Interlandi family, which is an Italian family. And they really brought me close to Jesus. And I, I know you know Bruno Interlandi. Mm -hmm. It's not him. It's his brother. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, awesome. And they really blessed me. Really, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who's going through that rogue season? Somebody, maybe a young adult or a teenager who's maybe raised in the church, found church to be boring or got disappointed, got hurt. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to really see, is this faith for me or is this not? What mm -hmm. would you say to them? Uh, I would say it's a season, first of all. And I also would say to the parents, it's a season. Don't freak mm -hmm. out. Don't go crazy. Don't go ballistic. Don't, mm -hmm. don't try to drag them to church and you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to church, just stay home with your child. Yeah. <laughs> it would be better, you know. Yeah. Um, on that, um, yeah, I would say that to the parents especially. Mm -hmm. And I know my mother later in life, she explained me how I didn't want to, I don't remember these things because mm -hmm. I was young, but she explained me how I didn't want to go to church when I was a teenager. So she stopped going to church to stay home with me on Sunday mm -hmm. and have church with me. Yeah. And that, that, that's what won me right. love. Yeah. So I was blessed with that. That's and awesome. to the children, to the kids that are going rogue, I would say um, it's a season. And if God is calling you back, and I'm pretty sure he is, don't resist. Yeah, don't resist. Don't resist. Yeah, don't resist yeah. the call. Life is, anyways, it's going to be good for you. Right. And it's not, you're not missing out anything. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you got to come to the end of yourself. Yes. And that's where God meets you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. So, um, so you grew up in Italy. You were a missionary's kid, and you were also a child of an interracial marriage. So what was that like for you? Oh, uh, well, um, in Italy, we have a figure of speech to be a white fly, mm -hmm. uh, because white fly don't exist. And we were, and I was with my siblings, I have a brother and a sister, we were white flies, mm -hmm. because not only we were mixed, so my mother was African-American, my father was white, so uh, we are unidentifiable. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, we have this um, brown, light brown color, curly, very curly hair when Italian people look more like straight, especially in the north, have mm -hmm. straight hair, very fair skin. And so we were different on that on the outside, but we were also different on the inside. We weren't Catholic. Right. Mm -hmm. In Italy. Exactly. Yeah. Not being Catholic in Italy, people would ask me, why aren't you Christian? Oh, wow. And I was in my heart, I was like, why aren't you Christian? <laughs> And, but don't you love Jesus? And I was like, yes, I do. And why aren't you Catholic? Why right. don't you? Um, so, yeah, it was very difficult. It was mm -hmm. difficult in a country that has a lot of immigration today, but in those days didn't have any. Mm -hmm. And so we would really stand out right. in many ways. So, and what was my mother doing in Italy? She was a missionary. A missionary? Do we need 
missionaries here. We Catholic. <laughs> we have the Pope. Right. So we were weird on every side. Wow. Yeah. How do you think growing up like that kind of shaped who you are, how you experience life, how you see others, um, even in the current climate here in America, you know, mm-hmm. racism is a very hot topic. Yes. Um, I know that's not unique to America, though. Mm-hmm. So what are some uh, things that you would say shaped uh, how you view life and how you maybe perceive things differently than others? Yes. Okay. Good Good question. I appreciate this question because um, this is part of Faith Uncensored. <laughs> so, uh, well, living in an environment like that where we are, we were always spotted from afar, you know? Mm. Oh, and um, well, we've been called Negroes so many times wow. in Italy, but it was not for to offend us, mm-hmm. but to identify us. Though right. it's, uh, we don't even, we say N word because... It's such an offensive word mm-hmm. today, and, and it should be. But um, we wouldn't take it. My mother taught me, first of all, that people will judge you no matter what. Right. If you're blonde, because you're blonde. We know jokes on blonde, <laughs> on blonde girls. You know, aren't they racist, considering them stupid just because of their hair color? I mean, that's really, really <laughs> terrible. And uh, we know um, jokes on Jews. There is always something that um, people can judge us and discriminate us for. Mm-hmm. And um, there's always something. They're going to find something because yep. um, hate doesn't need any labels, you wow. know. And Yeah, you can say that again. Be- yeah. That, that'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think that those people that hate African-Americans because of their skin color or, um, I don't know, Asian people because of the way they look, mm-hmm. they hate also their neighbor. Don't mm-hmm. worry. You know, those people are full right. of hate yes. and, and rage and all kinds of issues and a lot of um, or the orphan spirit. You know, they wow. don't know the father, the father's love, so they cannot love anybody. But um, in today's America, all this um, racism, first of all, America is such a big country. You mm-hmm. know, you cannot say America is racist. I've never been um, um, targeted by anybody you know, in mm-hmm. my life here, I've been living here for 10 years and I've never um, felt rejected for my skin color. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there are so many people looking like me here, so I really don't stand out that much. Maybe my accent. And um, I've never felt this. Uh, some of my friends told me, well, duh, you look white. Mm. Or, but I know the white community doesn't consider me white. Mm. Um, I've never felt any pressure from my background, my skin color, or being um, uh, the daughter of an African-American and a white person. I've never felt that. And um, and though I know it's out there, right. it's not in here. It's mm-hmm. not in my heart. Mm-hmm. So I don't receive it because I don't have any of that in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get offended, it's because there is a soft spot in our heart and people put their finger on it and then we say, ouchie, you're hurting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a skinny person. Mm-hmm. I've been always overweight. So it's like my, oh, I'd love to be skinnier. So if somebody points it out, I'm going to say, oh, ouchie, ouchie. Don't say that, please. Mm-hmm. But I've never been ugly. I've always been pretty. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes to me and say, you ugly woman, I'm going to laugh. It's not in my heart. <laughs> you know, I've never considered myself to be ugly. Right. When we are offended for something, it's because there is a, there is a scar in our heart. Mm-hmm. And people just put the finger on it and we say, ow. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, right? But if for sure it doesn't exist in my heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, if somebody said something stupid to me about my skin color, I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I didn't receive it. Mm-hmm. People will 
target you will offend you no matter your skin color. Right. They will. Yep. So it might as well love them and forgive them and be at peace with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think today's racism issue is an, a true exaggeration. It exists, mm-hmm. but I don't believe it's to the level that uh, the medias are, are are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We had Do a you think- black president. So right. We have black people everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any position, mixed people, Asian people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, Mexicans and Latinos everywhere, you know. Yep. And we are blessed to live in Houston, such a... Inter- uh, non-denominational yes, very diverse <laughs> very diverse, very diverse yes. you know so yeah so yes i'm sorry i was inter- i'm interrupting you <laughs> no i was uh yeah i was just gonna ask so touching on the media you mm-hmm. feel like that's uh they're exaggerating the racism issue in mm-hmm. america yes uh that's a big statement i know it's controversial mm-hmm. however why why would you think that they would do that or what do you think the agenda is or the angle is um why would they exaggerate something like that um have you ever heard divide and conquer mm-hmm. <laughs> or and a house I, divided against itself cannot stand uh, exactly i think they um they want to spread division in the country okay because a country that is in confusion easily ask for a savior mm. but they may ask for the wrong one wow and um when there is confusion there is division there is um a hatred this causes chaos in a country. In a, any environment, it causes chaos. And when there is chaos, there is an opportunity for, I'm sorry, I'm going to say tyranny. Yes. And I'm very concerned about that. And um, this is why Faith Uncensored exists, because I was fed up with this, all this, this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand that anymore, what the social media were proposing, you know, the new... The new life is that uh, the, the news are that you are being targeted and you have to be careful. And you and I'm not saying that some people haven't been targeted. Right. Because I know they have. Yes. But it's not on the scale that they, they want us to think. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we do target. We do. Um, I was in a parking lot some time ago and I saw this guy, this man coming towards me. I locked my doors. Mm-hmm. I don't care what color you are. Right. I don't care, you know, black, white, blue, whatever. I'm going to lock my doors. Am I um, discriminating against you? Mm, yes, very much. Very much because I'm protecting myself. Now, there is, um, there is what are you going to do with the discrimination? You know, because we dim- discriminate all the time. It's, it's, um, we discriminate um, people. We discriminate. We discriminate. But what are you going to do with that discrimination? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to take it to the next level of hate. Right. You know, um, we discriminate with good and bad people. We don't want to be associated with bad people. So we, we see somebody who's bad or we hear that these people are talking in a certain way. This group of people, you, we discriminate against them. No, I'm not going to associate myself with them. Mm-hmm. And so there is a discrimination that needs to happen. But what are you going to do with that? Yeah, right. Are you going to be hating those people? Are you going to be talking them, talk down on them? Are you going to be, you know, so um, there is, uh, we choose who do we want to associate with, but um, we shouldn't take it to the next level of hate. Yes. So that's good. That's, um, I know it's a fine line. I hope nobody gets offended here, but it's really uncensored. Yes. So yes. And I'm throwing out extra questions yes, for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, these are things that I like to talk about. Leading you down the path of controversy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know, I know. I have, um, I have a very conservative husband, and yes, we are conservative. But we, um, he, I, th- I think, and don't tell him. He has a degree of um, 
conservatism that I don't have is too extreme. It's too black and white. I don't see things black and white. We need to have compassion. Yes. I love um I, I, I love Ben Shapiro, for instance. But he has he doesn't have he doesn't show the degree of compassion that I would show to people. But of course that's his role, so whatever. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But we need compassion. We that's we so can true. yeah. We cannot say, um, you're making this up. Oh, you always want to be victims. Mm. No, no, that's not true. There is a scar in the heart of African-American people. Yes. I mean, being enslaved is not a joke. Right. It's not a joke. And, um, but at the same time, we want to embrace the freedom that Christ gave us. Yes. So we're not going to spit on that freedom because our ancestors were enslaved. It, it is a fact. It happened. And we shouldn't forget our roots. We shouldn't forget the past. Not because we don't want to repeat the mistakes of the past. But at the same time, we want to look forward to the freedom that Christ gave us. Amen. So Very good. It's another, another chapter. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, as you were growing up in Italy, mm-hmm. your parents separated at some point. Yes, they did. So how did that affect, did that impact your walk with God? How did that impact your walk with God? No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't impact my walk with God and... Um, but, you know, I had a bunch of questions to, for the Lord. Uh, it did impact my life and my trust in man. Okay. And um, when um, they separated, um, it was because of infidelity. Okay. And uh, it was on my, on my father's side. I can, I can talk freely. They both passed. So they're not going to, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to call me tomorrow and say, hey. <laughs> so, but I don't want to um, disrespect their memory. But um, it was, my father was a, not faithful to my mother. And so they separated. And uh, I thought we were, it was a bad moment for our family. Right. Because I've always considered the family being mom and dad, our siblings, and now Martino, my husband. Yes. And, you know, and I was thinking we are expanding. But in that way, we were not expanding. We lost, we lost the unity of the family. And um, so that was very difficult. I was thinking about my Christmases, my... Mm. Uh, Easter's, the, you know, birthdays that we wouldn't be all together. And that was really difficult for me because we've been, we had been together in unity for many, many years. Mm. And, um, but them separating brought me to America. Okay. So what, what, what was meant for evil and to destroy us built us up in a way that if we had been in Italy still today, we wouldn't be having Faith Uncensored for this, for instance. So we would, I wouldn't have Rebecca here interviewing (laughs) me or being my friend i wouldn't have the friends that i have today and um we were living in in poverty anyways you know not because we were poorer than other people but that's the life in italy and there is much more poverty the quality of life is not as good good as here in texas or in in the u.s i don't know i feel texas is pretty unique this is what i'm hearing from texans but um when my parents separated my mother decided to come back to the u.s you know, okay. she had been a missionary there for more than 30 years. And she decided, I'm going to go back to America. I'm going to go back to, to Texas. Well, she was from Louisiana, but she had some relatives here in Texas. So I'm going to go there. And the moment she, she came here, just she came here for a small vacation to come back to Italy, pack and come and come back to Texas again. And the moment she came here for the small trip, I found out that I was, we were pregnant. My husband and I were pregnant with our first daughter. Okay. And I was like, oh my goodness. And she's moving there. What am I going to do? So from that, the decision to move here uh, that we took, you know, it took some, a few, a whole year to decide, you know, what to do. But we right. eventually we moved here. And that is because of the separation of my parents. Right. So what was meant to destroy us 
didn't work. This didn't work. So mm-hmm. it, it did impact my relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't trust him anymore right. because of what my father did. And I couldn't trust myself. I am his daughter. I carry his DNA. Hey, I'm going to do that too. Wow. What is going to, what's going to stop me from cheating on my husband? I'm his daughter. <laughs> Like father, like son. I am so much like my father still today. Mm-hmm. And one day my mother told me, listen, it's not that what your father did is going to affect your life. You know, you walk with God. You're walking with God. Yes. And so she spoke to me and she spoke so much healing in my heart. Mm. And with the time I was able to understand. It didn't happen right away. But that God it was protecting me. Right. That I was trusting. It wasn't just not my own effort to be a good wife. But God was all over me. You know, to protect me and to protect Martino and to protect the family. It's not just me. We're not just, we're not alone here trying not to sin. Right. God gave us a new nature. We need to really trust the new nature that is against sin lives in us. Right. We we need to trust him. We trust him. This is also, you know, not just to trust him for money, trust him for uh, how we're going to pay the bills, how we're going to find a job, but also to trust that he lives in us. Yes. His mind is in us. His spirit is in us. So, you know, we are protected. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all of us can identify with a moment of our trust being broken, whether it was a father who had an affair, a mother who had an affair, or a friend who betrayed us in a different way, mm-hmm. or a brother or sister, whatever it is. But the key is recognizing God's your father. Yeah. And you can trust him no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I I find myself not being a very trusting person naturally. <laughs> I'm suspicious of everybody. <laughs> like yeah, you were saying, we, we discriminate <laughs> against everybody. I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, which is not good. That's not godly. <laughs> we just, you know, that's a, an issue in my heart. But um, when you when you learn how to trust God, then you learn how to trust people because at the end of the day, your faith is in God, your trust is in God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so this is true. kind of a fun one for you. Okay. Uh, what do you miss most about Italy? Well, I do miss the food. Yes. My goodness. Yeah. I can I'm imagine. Sorry. I'm sorry, Texans. <laughs> I'm a Texan girl now, but yeah. The Texan doesn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> My stomach is in Italy. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, you're sitting here drinking a cappuccino. Yes, it's actually macchiato. Macchiatone, macchiatone yeah. because it's in a big okay. cup. Yes. So it has a little more milk than a regular macchiato uh-huh. and less milk than a cappuccino. Okay. Macchiatone. And is it lavazza? Yes. Uh-huh. No, no, um, this is illi caffè. Oh, yes. Okay. Illi caffè. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yes, yes. Mm. But it's okay. super strong. So it keeps me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to wake up on this one. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Okay. So what do you love most about America? What I love most about America, well, since we moved here, I had a huge revelation about how who the father is mm. to me. And I don't know, there is such a revelation here in the U.S. I mean, in Texas, yes. Texas is full of revelation. And the, also the churches that I've um, been involved in these years are spirit-filled. And I think spirit-filled churches are the best, <laughs> not to say anything against other churches. Um, um, for instance, the Baptist church is very rooted in the Word of God. Yes. And that's, I mean, and something. And getting salvation yeah. out. Yeah. Um, something that, you know, spirit-filled mm-hmm. churches, you know, we can learn from them. Yes. And uh, 
um, it would be a good mix to have a half Baptist, but half um, a spirit field. But don't don't tell my pastor. <laughs> so, by the way, Rebecca's interviewing here me here. She is my pastor. <laughs> so I know <laughs> this is a bit funny. She is my friend. She's my pastor. Anyways, um, so that's why I'm saying don't tell my pastors. <laughs> but there is a yeah. So we we living in the Bible Belt here. So we have a lot of uh, the Word of God, a lot of the spiritual part. Um, we we steward it in the Bible Belt. Yes. But um, what I um, like the most about America um, is that you can make a good life for yourself. Right. Yeah. If you work hard, um, you can do. You can earn good money, mm-hmm. and you can buy a nice house because it's not that uh, houses are unaffordable, especially here in Texas. And um, you can, if you want to, you can live in a nice neighborhood, which is uh, has pros and cons. Uh, we bought this beautiful house in a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood that we love. And I, when we got the house, I said, "Dear Father, I don't want to think that I am arrived." Mm. And I don't want to think that I'm cutting out my slice, of, my slice of peace while everybody else is everybody else is suffering. I want to still go ahead what you've called me to do. Yeah, to um, love people, love my neighbors, and preach the gospel in and out of season. So that was the deal with God, and um, and I did. Yeah. I think I did. And what kind of? And um, but here you can really have a good life, and you can make good money actually. Mm. And I know people that really made a lot of money even coming from Italy I have a friend who has a, a business here he really made has a great business he's growing so much he's working hard but you can yep. you can do it you can yep. do it very yeah. good mm-hmm. um so I met you as a worship leader at a church mm-hmm. so is that what you've kind of done ministry wise has that been your ministry focus up until now yes yes okay so leading uh, worship and that's how you and Martino met I believe Yes, yes. Uh, with music, leading worship. Um, we were in this church in Italy, and I was one of the worship leaders. And um, and I started leading the worship in my 20s. Now, you have to understand that when you walk into a church, they're not going to put you on. They're not going to give you a mic just because you have a good voice. But mm. I didn't know, okay? So I, um, and there was a misunderstanding with the worship leader, the, the team leader. And I understood that they wanted me to sing on that particular event. Okay. So I prepared myself and I showed up and I started singing. And I, I didn't understand that that wasn't, it was a miscommunication. She didn't mean that. And so when she saw me singing with them, she was laughing and they were all laughing. Like, what is she doing? But I never left the team. <laughs> <laughs> I never left afterwards. You know, you're not going to kick me out, you know. It's not because you're not going to kick me out because I didn't do, you know, I was singing right. right. I wasn't overstepping. I was keeping, you know, I was doing... What right. I thought I was supposed to do, and I wasn't rude to anybody. So in the end, they didn't kick me out. They didn't say, "Hey, sorry, that wasn't your moment," and uh, sorry, misunderstanding. Right. They kept me, and and so hallelujah for miscommunications. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but that awesome. that happens in church, right? It yeah. happens in life. You yes, and I think that happened to me with someone else. Well, I was the team leader. Somebody just started singing. <laughs> I don't remember exactly when that happened but you know it, it happens ha- yeah it happens and yeah. sometimes it's god you know yes uh doing some tricks <laughs> yes yes he likes to pull some tricks on us once mm-hmm. in a while yeah. yeah 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 so you've led worship for many years yes um you've led teams you've led big events small events mm-hmm. um to somebody who's aspiring to be a worship leader maybe in their 20s uh mm-hmm. walking into a church hoping to j- just jump on the band yes um, what would you say to them? What are some of the, let's say, three points 
I know I'm putting you on the spot, three points that you would give them to worshiping and leading worship? Well, um, three spots. Get some good vocal lessons, okay? <laughs> Don't improvise yourself. Study. Be good at it. And it's not because we, um, mm, we want to perform. But how are going to people follow you if you can't sing? It's going to be distracting. It's going to be like, uh, what's going on? And, um, and also, um, once I learn how to sing, I, I put a lot of effort into learning how to sing and how to be a good singer. I don't have to be thinking about, oh, am I going to hit that note? Mm. Oh, am I going to be, um, is this the right tempo? Is this? No, it's behind me. I worship freely. Right. So learn how to sing, take lessons you know you don't have to become michael jackson you can just uh, so get lessons one thing second thing of there are 10 points here you only wanted me <laughs> to talk about three but i think it's important to stay humble mm. they will tell you maybe a hundred times you're not here to perform well um you are performing before the king so yeah right you are performing for god and right. you're gonna offer the is that his meter his um um, how can I say this? His um, standards are not human standards. He's not going to say, oh, you pitchy. Mm. You know, oh, you know. You know, he's going to look at your heart. So have your heart okay, okay. you know, with the Lord, with your leaders. Be, be okay with uh, being teachable. Be okay with that. Mm, that's then, a big point. Yes, yes. And that's part of being humble, but not humble beaten up. You know, not humble like, oh, uh, you're going away, you know. Oh, mm. oh, thank you for leading worship. Oh, no, 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 just for the Lord. Somebody say, job say thank you <laughs> right yeah but do be humble before god and uh, it might be a continuous thing you know it's not just a one-day choice and be teachable you mm. know maybe that's the third part yeah be teachable that's a good one have people pouring into your life it's not that they all all people you meet has to teach you you know you can choose your teachers mm. you choose your teachers not that anybody who passes by is gonna lecture you on something right. no i mean you can do i mean they can do it but you're free to not to receive it but find people that can speak into your life and teach you be a student your whole life you know mm, that's really good yeah. yeah yeah i mean that applies to everything worship is a lifestyle at the yeah. end of the day so <laughs> making sure you keep your focus on the audience of one mm -hmm. and then making sure you remain teachable i think are two huge keys in life in general yes very yeah. important key for growth yes you know yeah yeah. So your uh, ministry focus up until now has always been worship leading, training worship leaders, I would say pastoring worship leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the last six months to a year, that's shifted for you. It did. As, <laughs> as your pastor, I know. And I remember the call. Yeah. I feel like God's leading me to get off the worship team. Yeah. I remember the phone call and um, <laughs> the conversation and the humility and the love in which you told me that. But what was the reason you felt God you was see that? Telling? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been six months since then and we've recovered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what was the reason you felt called to that? I know there, at the at the point, I don't think you knew exactly what no, that would look like. No. So talk about that, that step of faith to leave one thing before the next thing unfolded. Yeah. And then what you've seen that develop into in the past six months. Or um, so. Oh, well, it was um, I, I when we I started leading the worship for Catch the Fire, which is the, our church. I, I said I'm gonna do this for five years, mm. and I said that when I was forty. So I'm gonna be forty-five. I mean, if somebody comes up after me, it's all good, you know. It's right. not. And once I told your husband Keith, I said, "You really want to have um, me in five years leading the worship? Still, you know, ugh, boring, you know." <laughs> and um, and it was a joke, ha 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 mm. ha, and we all laughed at about it. But it didn't. It was more than 
Mm. It was less than five years, actually, mm. because we started our church in 2017. And uh, I quit <laughs> in 2020. But I've been actually uh, leading the worship in the U.S. for seven years. Right. And so it was my sabbatical anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was the year of rest. Yeah, it was yeah. my sabbatical. And uh, so anyways, um, I felt... Um, you know, when you're happy to do something for the Lord and you're happy to serve your church in a certain capacity, I wasn't happy anymore. And I couldn't understand why. Mm. And I blame it on many things. I blame it, my unhappiness on many things. It's this person, it's that person, it's my, my family, it's my pastors, it's, my, uh, it's my, my voice, it's my, you know, many, many things. Many things have been contributing to that decision but it, it was the Lord. Mm, right. <laughs> it was God pushing me out of that. Mm, and sometimes so, you get discontent yeah. before. Yes, I was discontent. Mm. Exactly. It's not that I was um, mad at any. I mean, I, I would worship with all my heart. Mm. I would worship with all my heart because that's who I, I am a worshiper. Right. But I, I don't think that I was the leader of the team anymore. Though the, even still now, the leader, uh, the team, team looks up to me for some things, you know, mm. but I I thought, you know, I, I, my time is over mm. and I don't know what, what's coming next. And uh, I spoke to a few friends before talking to you. And my friend, this is my friend um, that lives in this neighborhood here. She told me, what are you going to do? What's the plan? I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a planner and I don't have a plan. What's that going to be? And well, you should have, you know, you should know you, why you're leaving. No, I don't. I hope everybody's okay with not me not knowing why I'm leaving the worship team and leading the team and I'm leaving with nobody to take my position actually right <laughs> and it was very painful and um and so you know it was um but it was God it was God saying trust me for the next step I, I have something in store for you and and so many many things happened and I also I felt a call out of the church to mm. to reach out to the lost that was very strong for me let's go worship outdoor mm. let's go bring up let's go with our guitars it's always not as fancy i don't have microphones i don't have in-ear monitors <laughs> i don't have all the 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 comfort that i have in church everybody's going to worship in church but um outdoor you know we're just trying to attract people i'm part of this other ministry that now we go out in parks called street worship outreach and we go once a month or twice a month we go through parks around the city and we worship as another team goes out to talk to people and we are lifting up the name of jesus for on behalf, we step in the gap or we stand in the gap for Houston, basically. Right. And we worship on behalf of Houston. We worship the Lord as other teams go into the outreach, go into downtown to talk to the homeless and feed the homeless and or to the parks and talk to people, families and, um, you know, praying for people, prophesying, giving words of knowledge. As we worship, we kind of open open the heaven. Mm, so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me a story about something that's happened while you've been out on the streets worshiping. Tell me about maybe an interaction you've had with somebody or where you've seen some breakthrough happen. Um, let me think. Let me think about that. Um, well, I, I had a very good experience. Um, it was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we went to this area. It's called Bissonette in Houston. There is a lot of prostitution there and a lot of women are being trafficked. And um, I didn't speak to any of them. But while we were worshiping, I saw this woman, one of, of our team, she was just dancing. Her name is Laura. And she came and started dancing. And she looked like a lightning. Wow. She looked like a lightning. I didn't have a 
not even the opportunity to tell her, but there is something that cracks the atmosphere, mm, so you good. know, something that cracks the atmosphere as we worship in any way we can worship. We can worship through dance. We can mm. worship through um, singing. We can worship through painting. We can, you know, there is a lot of all the art, I think, is part of worship. So there is a, like um, we are cracking the atmosphere open through okay. worship for the city. I didn't encounter anybody. I'm always um, I'd love to talk to people more. Mm. But I'm always with the worship team wherever okay. I go. So I've been with them. But I, I hope in the future, you know, we'll be yes. able to get in touch with people more. Right. Yeah. And I think the the fruit of the people who are interacting with people is born from you guys as well, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times we give all the credit to the evangelist who goes out and sees the 300 souls saved. But mm -hmm. we don't give any credit to the intercessors who have been praying for that evangelist for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I think, there, you know, to, just to give credit where credit is due... Sometimes mm -hmm. we look at things and we say, oh, that's so minuscule what you're doing or mm -hmm. what you haven't gotten 300 people saved since you've been on the street, <laughs> you know, but the truth of the matter is you're, you're building on things. You're breaking open ground. You're yeah. breaking up the fallow ground in Houston. Yeah. You're breaking open the atmosphere so that other people are bearing fruit for you. That's right. So everybody has their part to play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's amazing. It's uh, I just love the faithfulness of your heart. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. if you could give the listeners one takeaway. Yes. After being, you know, a Christian for 40-ish years, raised in ministry, continued ministry in your adult life, still in ministry. Mm -hmm. So 40-something years of ministry. Yeah. <laughs> What would you say to your listeners? Mm, okay, it's a it's a it's a beautiful life. Ministry is a beautiful way to serve God and serve people, and um, it's a it's a narrow it's it's a narrow path. Mm. It's a very narrow path. It's very um it can be very consuming, and um and it's necessary to have a support a team of people that support you, um that in pray for you, but they're also your friends. Where you you need you can be vulnerable and you can cry and you can complain about things. Um, mm. it's important to have that. It's important to be real. Um, it's important not to have a facade. Mm. This is what I've learned interacting with people all these years. They need to know me for who I am, the good and the bad. Yep. Yeah. So I, I try to be honest with people. Oh, they. Oh, you're very nice. Wait until you know me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I try to be honest with people. I try to be, you know, tell the truth. You know, if I had a bad day, I may say it. You know, I had a bad day. Not because I want to be the complaint, have starting the complaining machine, right. you know. But to say, you know, let's be real here. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important in ministry. So so people can don't need to focus on me mm. but because they can see how failure I am. <clears throat> but they can focus on God because he's standard. Yeah. You know, people are not. Right. And if we put up a facade, we may be deceiving people. Mm. So this is one thing that I could say about ministry and advice, you know, to people that are aspiring to be in ministry, be real. Yeah. Be yourself, be real, let people know you for who you are. Mm. And if they want to criticize you for who you are, at least they're telling the truth, <laughs> you right. know. At least they have all the information mm -hmm. and people can choose to be your friend because they know you. Mm. So be real apologize when you need to apologize and say i did this i said that you know i should be real be yeah. very real good yeah so good yeah all right ellie well will you uh go ahead and pray for our listeners <laughs> sure sure um father we thank you for these moments that we have that we can talk about you father thank you because we're two or three are gathered together in your name there you are lord you are in the midst of these people and i know father whomever is listening father 
is now connected to us that are two here and the third people is, li is a listener maybe and father you are here in the midst of us and you are here to bless us father bless all the listeners that are now on the road father for your protection father you bless them for especially for those who are commuting father i pray protection uh, from any a car accident any distraction anything that wants to um harm them and uh, i pray also for this channel faith uncensored father that you bring more listeners and you bring good words here did you fill our mouth mouths with good words that come directly from you i pray in jesus name amen 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 well thank you so much for being on the show today <laughs> ellie and um if you want to hear more from ellie more about the faith uncensored podcast or if you have any questions or comments you can email those to host at faithuncensoredpodcast.com Again, if you want to get in touch with Ellie for any reason, you can email her at host at faithuncensoredpodcast.com. God bless you. God bless you.